Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Today, we will be talking all things social media, but first, let's do our check-in. Hannah, what have been your business highs and lows of the week? It's been a really good week. I'm in a total grind state right now. I got a lot of deadlines and I really thrive under pressure. So that's kind of my high in like an ass backwards way. I'm really enjoying crossing things off my to-do list, getting stuff done, feeling good about it and writing that out. I will tell you (laughs) once this week is complete with all the grinds, I will be horizontal for a while. So it is a high right now. And my low is... Just to keep it real with y'all, I dropped the ball on my part of the podcast, which y'all, you would never know people listening, but had a little, a little panic last night and worked late to catch up and noticed that Morgan had to step in and do my job. So Morgan, I apologize to you again. This is a-okay. This is why we're a team. We uh, help each other out in times of need. Yeah. And there's no perfectionism here. Like shit happens ball gets dropped, especially when there's such a like detailed way to do things. We have a very firm, solid structure and outline and the way we get the episodes published and marketed. So if something falls, you know, we can reference our, our systems, but most of the time we don't want it to. So that was my low. What was your high and low this week? I feel like Monday was my January 1st. Hmm. It just felt like a total fresh start. I feel like I am finally back in the flow of things. I had a shitty start to the year. If we're going to reflect back on it, my anxiety was at an all-time high. There were a handful of things contributed contributing to that. I dealt with them last week, processed through some shit, and woke up Monday morning and was like, You got to get back on your routine, your schedule. You're going to feel better. We're recording this. It's a Wednesday and I finally have some pep in my step again. And gosh, it feels so good to be inspired to work again. I love that for you. I just was thinking about how life happens while you're trying to grow a business. And it's really hard sometimes and can definitely affect you, whether you're a clinician or building something as an entrepreneur, when you have life shit happen. So I'm glad to hear you have some pep back in your step. Thank you. I appreciate that. It feels good. It is so fucking hard to run and manage a business when your emotions are all over the place. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that before. It was a great learning experience for sure. And I realized that I really need to get some different systems in my business to best support should that ever happen again. Totally. It's almost like having buffer time worked in knowing life can happen and 
and planning for it to happen and knowing you can't just be this productive beast moving through your business all the time. Yeah. Yep. Nice little, nice little awakening, but finally feeling in flow. That is definitely my high of the week. My low of the week is I feel very scattered this week. I think it's combination of feeling like I'm playing catch up from the last few weeks, but it's also just a time where a bunch of projects are reaching kind of like peak need from me. And so just having a lot of different odds and ends to do. And it's, it's so different whenever you're thinking about, or whenever you're working on the business, it's more high level. And for whatever reason, everything is in the businesses right now. And so it's all these just like nitty gritty tasks that probably won't take me more than five minutes, but there's like 20 of them for each project that it just feels like a lot. I feel like I'm checking a lot of things off and my brain's being pulled in a bunch of different directions. It sounds like we're in similar spaces and I'm sort of wondering, is it ever just a steady flow of tasks to check off? Or is this the flow of being an entrepreneur of like, oh shit, everything's due, get it all done. And then coast for a bit going through that cycle. I don't know. We'll have to keep tabs on it the rest of the year. Yes. We need research data. Is this just being a seven again, or is this entrepreneurship? Probably a combination of both. I think you're right. Should we get to our topic? Let's dive in. So we are going to be talking about social media today, and we are just going to scratch the surface because as we all know, social media is a massive topic to talk about, a huge undertaking. So we are going to keep things pretty broad in terms of how we feel about social media, how we use it, some tips that we have found to be helpful for both of us and our businesses. And then we'll be able to dive into specific social media platforms in future episodes. But let's start this off with how do you feel about social media, Hannah? I have mixed feelings about social media. I talked about a book I read in one of our mini-sodes about digital minimalism. And every time I think of social media, I think of that book and wanting to interact with it in the way that it was intended to be connecting, to provide content, to show people they're not alone or share things that other people can relate to. And I love those aspects. I think it's accessible. People get to connect with you for free. And then I also, I feel tormented by it sometimes. Like if I somehow get into a space where I'm scrolling for an hour and then I'm like, oh gosh, I always feel awful after that. And it's usually like a numbing zoning out situation And then I go in the spiral of, I hate social media. Ah, I just wasted an hour. And then on the other side, I also feel like I'm not doing enough. And I go through waves of being on social media and then taking a break and then being like, oh shoot, I'm not consistent. And then spiral in that. So that's my 20 second feelings around social media. It's a mixed bag for me. What about you? Yeah, I definitely resonate with quite a bit of that. I would say overall, I really like social media. I think I've worked pretty hard at setting boundaries around it to where if I catch myself really falling into that comparison trap, I can catch onto it really quickly and and shut it down, put my phone down, 
go stand outside, go to, I mean, just go do something like literally just, just breaking up that pattern. But I also feel like majority of the time that I use social media, I don't ever really fall in that comparison trap. Not ever. I think there's definitely times where we're all prone to it, but social media is so inspiring for me because I see other people doing things and I'm like, there's literally nothing stopping me from going out and having that too and mm. getting to experience whatever is being portrayed while also being realistic that it's a highlight reel, right? Everyone puts their best foot forward on social media, not to negate the negative and hard stuff that happens behind the screen, but creativity is one of my top personal values. And I feel like, well, creativity is one. And then I feel like my top value for business is networking. And so those two paired together, I feel like is the definition of social media. So I find a lot of joy in it. I love that you're kind of getting in my brain and making me think I need to reclaim some things. So maybe we'll hash that out in our conversation today. Um, I do think social media is a really helpful tool for business and using it in a way that moves you forward versus keeps you stuck is really important. Absolutely. As we mentioned, we don't want to dive into the nitty gritty of every single social media platform. So Hannah came up with a really great idea where we have all of the different platforms and we are each going to share the, uh, try to describe each of them in three words. So let's start off with Instagram. How would you describe it, Hannah? And just so you all know, we have not come up with our three words before. This is on the fly. Yep. This is on the fly. Okay. So ask me again. How do you feel about it? Or what three words would you use to describe Instagram? My only platform, which as I say that it's not necessarily true. We'll get into that later, but that's like my main platform. That's my three words, my main platform. What's yours? My three words that I would use to describe Instagram is fucking algorithm changes. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Okay. The next one is Facebook connection through groups. Mm. Yes. My three words are, Oh, what are my three words for Facebook? (laughs) I don't know why all the three words that I'm thinking of today are like portrayals I have towards social media are a little bit negative, but what popped into my head was stop inviting me. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is I get added to so many random groups that are related to nothing. Like if it's a business group, if it's a Hayes group, please invite me. But if it's like your MLM, please don't invite me. So don't invite me. That's my three words. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Okay. What about Twitter? Cancel your account. I think Twitter's outdated. That's my, that's my blurb around Twitter. What's yours? I agree with the outdated part. My three words would be cue the overwhelm. Things happen so quickly on Twitter. That was the one social media platform I could never get on board with because the FOMO was freaking real. I could see that. Yeah. And I feel like so much can be crammed into one page of the media with it just being a certain amount of characters that you can have in a tweet. So I get that. TikTok. Favorite to consume. Ooh, I love TikTok. I love video content. I think it's definitely is a little bit more of a time suck because you sit there and watch 30 to 60 seconds or up to three minutes now of people's lives. 
but for some reason, so I'm going to go back to Instagram a little bit. I love Instagram. Instagram is probably one of my favorite platforms because it's the one that I'm most active on. So similar to you primary platform with TikTok, people don't have to curate their feeds. People just show up authentically themselves. The number of times that I see people crying on my for you page, which we know there's an algorithm. So I don't really know what that says about me. I cry a lot too though. So it's fine. It's just awesome. What about you? Uh, Four words popped in my head. One is I'm going to shorten it. Can't go there. I love TikTok too. And I kind of engage with TikTok on Instagram through reels. That feels like a very filtered boundaried way because with how my brain works, ADHD and loving the snippet of videos and how much content I can consume in one go. That is totally a setup for me to spend time on TikTok, just watching videos all day. There's so many creative, incredible people and so much funny content. It it just, yeah, with the algorithm and everything, it just totally sucks you in. So can't go there. That's my three words. But I do want to go there. I do want to use TikTok. I see the value in videos as well. Yeah. What about Pinterest? Delicious recipes page. <laughs> is, that where, is that where you primarily use Pinterest for? Yep. I, I've used it for other people having like uh, weddings and things that I'm a part of and parties and then just recipes over here. Some other creative house stuff as well. But Pinterest overwhelms me. feels like so much. What about you? My three words for Pinterest are a search engine. Pinterest isn't social media. Pinterest is now a search engine. You go and type into Pinterest what you would on Google. It just so happens to pull up a lot more creative things than Google would in a more aesthetically pleasing way. I could see that. I have three new words for Pinterest. (laughs) Buffalo chicken dip. That's what I'm searching on there. (laughs) (laughs) That is the epitome of Pinterest for sure. Yep. Podcast. My three words would be long car rides. (laughs) I'm like, it's car rides one word or two. It's two podcast for me is my favorite platform. And that's just coming from listening and producing. I love talking. I love hearing people's inflictions in their voices and their passion and enthusiasm for topics and their lived experience. I feel like our voices are one of the most vulnerable tools we have because it emotes, right? We have emotion that comes through our voice. If you read something on a page, there's no connection, human shared experience. So my favorite platform. That was beautiful. I would much rather listen to podcasts than audiobooks. So it's definitely of the audio platforms, prefer podcast. Totally. All right. And our last social media platform that we're going to talk about, YouTube. Uh, <laughs> my brain goes between two and four words. I'm like, why can't I find three? My three words are so many plants. I get on YouTube for plant videos and I love it. I think YouTube is awesome. It's been interesting to see it ebb and flow over the last several years. Like For a while, it was a hot thing, and then it kind of fell off and then reinvented itself, and then people are kind of back on it. So for me, plant videos. I forgot the third word I said, but yeah. You said so many plants. So many plants. Yeah. For me, it is the bucket list family. 
That is the only, yeah, bucket list is they, it's one word, right? Right? Yeah, I think it's one word. If not, take away the the bucket list family. <laughs> that is the only channel that I watch on YouTube consistently. Do you know the bucket list family? Have you heard of I them? I don't. I don't. It's this couple and their three kids, and they basically have spent the last, gosh, three, four, five, I don't even know, years traveling the world with their kids. Uh, the wow. husband developed a some software technology that Snapchat bought. And once that sale went through, they sold everything and started traveling the world and they make weekly vlogs. And so getting to see their kids, they just spent the whole, like the last five or six months doing summer safari in Africa, where they went around to different places in Africa. And like the kids basically do school like on safari. It's so cool. They're such a cool family. Can they adopt me? Literally. The other thing I'll say, yeah, exactly. The other thing I'll say about YouTube is we actually have a YouTube that we upload our videos to for the podcast. Um, We use Zoom to record. And so we do have videos. The fun thing about our YouTube is we don't edit it on when it's uploaded. So you can literally see all of our blunders and our fucks and our like arms wiggling around. And when we're like, doing a timeout because my computer's dying or like <laughs> the doorbell rang. So I had to go get my mail. You get to see all that on YouTube, unedited blooper videos. So in all of our glory, all of our glory, how we show up, our blue light glasses are usually on. It's great. It is great. You feel like you need that social connection. Let's dive into how we use social media in our business, because I think it is so fascinating to hear how different people use different platforms, why they use them. And I also feel like it's one of my most asked questions of which social media platform should I be on? That makes a lot of sense to me, especially with COVID heightening these conversations. Everybody's virtual. A lot of jobs that maybe previously hadn't been are now, and the way to get clients, sales, customers can be through social media, through, through funnels. So for me, actually, one of my goals for 2022 is to engage more with social media. I took a long break from my Nourished Colorado, which is just actually my name, um, Instagram account, because I was so burnt out and really just had to focus on my business and client work. And I miss it. And I want to get back to it. So that is kind of my overarching thoughts about how I use it in my business or how I desire to is I'm done with my break. I'm ready to do some strategy and I want to get back to using it because I see the value. I love that. It's fun whenever you can kind of step away from it from a bit and then get back into it with a really fresh mindset. Yeah. I feel like you have to, you can't, it's part of the transition, almost like the cycle. You have to step away and heal before you can come back to it and reclaim it. And that's kind of the phase I'm in is reclaiming. So yeah. Heck yeah. So good for me, man, I feel like I use social media in so many different ways. It's really my only marketing tool that I have but I also don't really have a lot of intentional marketing on there. Last year, I did a deep dive into my intentionality 
around social media and Mm -hmm. how I wanted to keep things separate. And so I ended up creating a space for the Weight Inclusive Business Academy and then just turned my, what I was using for all things, personal eating expedition, Morgan Sinclair designs, Weight Inclusive Business Academy. I was like, people aren't going to know what to expect from me. So like, let me turn that back into more of like a personal slash my life as an entrepreneur type thing. But in terms of like education or anything like that, I've separated that out. It is also insane how many friends I have made through social media that I have then gone and like flown to where they live and become friends with them. That's how you and I met. I, met I was going to say social media flew out to Denver. It was a nice little gathering of dietitians. And that's how we met, which was it's just like insane to me. So insane. I was trying to think if that was three years ago or two years ago. It two was ish. It 2019. Was it 2019? Mm-hmm. It was before okay. the pandemic. Was it 2019 or 20? No, it was definitely 2019. 2019. Yeah. I was For like, sure. was it the year before? Yes. So, I mean, it's something that I love, right? Networking and connecting. And then I know I already mentioned this, but it is such a creative outlet for me whenever... I'm going to put a little asterisk. It's a creative outlet for me whenever I don't put too much pressure on it. I've noticed that when I get too much of a strategy and being like, I need to post three times a week with these types of posts, like all creativity is lost. For that reason, I also really love Instagram stories specifically because I can show up authentically and I go away in 24 hours. Mm. So that's how I use social media in my business. It's, I truthfully don't have a ton of strategy behind it. I have like a pulse on, you know, types of things I want to put out, but ultimately I use it as a way to share information, document my life and connect with others. And that really sounds in alignment with your values. So, and it's very in alignment with my personal values. Yeah. I like that you mention the importance of not having pressure because I feel like that shit makes me freeze. And then I get overwhelmed and then I withdraw from social media. So it's like, what is the pressure? What are you hoping to get from this? Is it likes, is it clients? And it's, you don't get to control those things. You can only put out the content you create Mm -hmm. and see who it resonates with, what sticks, what doesn't work. Yeah. I'll also even go to say like the algorithm on Instagram has changed so much that like likes and comments aren't even really that relevant anymore. It's like numbers of shares and numbers of number of saves. That's more relevant, which I honestly kind of like, because I feel like you can use that as data of what types of posts resonated best with your audience. Totally. You don't have to like compare that to other people because no one else knows those numbers. That's such a good point. Yeah. Because if somebody's saving a post you did and they want to reference it again, that was clearly valuable to them that they want to look at it or keep it in their back pocket for something. With social media, what are some tips that you have? What are things that you share with branding and strategy clients? What you got for us? Yeah, I feel like the number one, the number one thing that is usually asked Well, there's several things that that are asked. One is, do I need to be on social media? Which we can kind of touch on that. Or we already kind of touched on that. Something that's come up a lot is how do you hone in on what to say? I I hear a lot of people saying like, I have so much to to say. How do I choose what I put on my social media? 
And one of my favorite ways to think through it is, or to even like actually work it out is if you were to give a 10 minute Ted talk on thoughts around movement and eating disorder recovery, I don't know. We'll throw that out there because I feel like that's a topic that people have a lot to say on literally open up your phone, go to the voice notes, hit record and talk for 10 minutes because you will get everything out. You can just ramble and it's just for you. And then you take that information and either transcribe it, have, if you have like a dietetic intern working with you, it's a way for them to learn while also transcribing it for you. And then you can think through all of this information. You can then break that down of, if I had to narrow this down to a five minute Instagram IGTV, what would be my key points? If I then had to pare that down into a 60 second reel or TikTok, what would I say? And then once you have it broken down that much, you can essentially create probably three to four different Instagram posts. That is little breadcrumbs of information that when you put those three to four posts together is kind of giving the big picture. So I'm definitely going to do this and try it out. That makes so much sense to me. It's like not recreating the wheel, right? You're recycling content. You're showing it in different forms and saying it in ways where different people can absorb it. Some people like to read stuff. Some people like to hear it and see your face. So I love that. And all you had to do was a 10 minute ramble, which we can all, we can all ramble. We can all ramble. And I will say, that's not to say that you need to like post a five minute video and a TikTok and create Instagram content, but if creating Instagram content or creating a reel or a TikTok feels overwhelming because you're like, I can't fit everything I want to say into that short amount of time or that short space. That's a really great way to kind of par down on what you actually want to say. Absolutely. I was just thinking as well, if you are somebody who wants to see what your thoughts are, you can do the same thing with a Google doc. So pull up a Google doc, just start typing your thoughts, make bullet points. That's kind of what we do to prepare for the pod and we just roll with it. So do your shitty first draft, get it all down, blah, and then pull out different points that you think would make a good post or reel or whatever. Absolutely. What about you? What's a tip that you have? I'm going to go a little rogue with my tip and relate it to Nourished Colorado, which is my group practice. And what I will say is you don't have to be on social media to get clients. So the tip kind of is take the pressure off. If you're looking for direct sales and clients, Instagram isn't maybe the most direct space for that conversion to happen. And the reason I say that is I've seen group practices who have hundred followers, you know, they're just have a, you know, small following. They are just posting things to be helpful. It's very fun for someone at the practice and they're booming with a wait list. It doesn't actually reflect what's going on at your business necessarily. So that's my nugget for group practice. I feel like people get caught in the weeds of if they should have an online presence. The answer is yes. And don't put too much pressure on it. So preach nailed it. I tell people that all the time. You absolutely nailed that Instagram. You're probably not going to get a lot of clients from social media until you, you know, maybe once you get up in the couple thousand followers or you have something that goes viral, but like the chance of that happening is pretty slim, not to be Debbie Downer. 
Instagram, being on Instagram is just another way for people to see you in a more casual way, know what you look like, know what your practice is about. That's going to make them feel safer to reach out to you and to work with you. Absolutely. I was just sitting here thinking about how I found my therapist and I didn't find her on social media. Like I did a Google search, you know, looked at her website and stuff. So typically in a clinician type space, and I will say this caveat, unless you're offering like a course or something that it's maybe not a therapeutic healthcare professional relationship, you can totally connect with your audience and clients through social media, but to make sales, um, otherwise for clinical work, like, no, absolutely. I know we kind of touched on strategy a bit. I don't really like having a firm strategy. Like I said, I like to have a pulse on things. I also feel like I have done enough education, like personal education around social media, like listening to podcasts and things like that, that I feel like I have a pretty good pulse on it. But what has been most helpful for me is I spent some time writing out my ideal client's top pain points, created a handful of templates that I could use to address those pain points in a platform like Canva. Love Canva. We'll talk about that when we get to some tools that we use for social media. And I just use those and duplicate those and swap out some colors and change the wording on things. And that's made, that's made it a lot easier to be a little bit more consistent on social media without having to constantly feel like I'm recreating something new every single time. I like that you bring up consistency in that sense, because it makes me think of consistency of branding. And you're doing that by just using the same colors and texts and things and changing the content. And that makes it more recyclable and easy. My next tip is be consistent when you're on social media. So that doesn't mean you have to be on every day, post every day, story, real, whatever, but audiences get confused and I'm guilty of doing this. So I know when you aren't consistent, if you're consistent for a while and then you just drop off, people are like, what? And so the only way to build an audience to use social media in the way intended and support your business is showing the F up. So be consistent. You can do this. Even if you days you don't want to, and it's part of your strategy, your loose strategy, just post something and make it valuable. And I will say, you don't even have to post something of your own. You can share someone else's content to your stories. Don't share someone else's content to your feed, but you can share someone else's content to your stories that you think your audience would benefit from, or posting a quick little picture of like behind the scenes working on X, Y, Z today can, that can be consistency. And that also takes the pressure off because like I said, Instagram stories, we keep talking about Instagram. That's our favorite platform. We're just going to own that (laughs) Instagram stories disappear after 24 hours. So you don't, If you're caught up in like the, I need to have a plan before I post, start with Instagram stories. Yep, exactly. I think that's been an interesting shift that I've noticed on Instagram over probably the last two years where it is not okay to take other people's content and put it on your grid because there's not really a good way to 
credit the original poster. It just kind of looks like your content unless somebody really clicks on it and reads. So that's kind of a no, no, maybe that's its own tip. Don't share stuff to the grid unless you have permission or something like that, but it's kind of more work to get permission and still could be frowned upon. So yeah, usually something to steer clear from, even if you use one of those like reshare apps or whatever, just steer clear of it, create your own content or the new feature on Instagram, which we'll see how well this ages, (laughs) uh, is the collaboration feature where you can add a collaborator to your post and it would show up on both of your feeds. So if you did something with someone else or wanted to be a collaborator with someone in that sense, that could be a cool way to do it. But overall general rule of thumb, don't take someone else's post and share it on your grid. That's stealing. It is stealing regardless of your intention. Mm-hmm. Impact oh. over intention. Yeah. Yes. Another tip is batch creation. And I'm really excited about this one because that's part of my intentionality with my businesses this year is to really sit down and knock out some posts that I can kind of trickle out that are helpful, that are green. So they're always relevant. It's not really time stamped, And just to have allotted time for creativity to feel like I'm making moves forward on social media. I have kind of been in and out of different types of interacting with social media. And one used to be like, I'll just do it on the fly or like when I'm feeling it. And I think that works for a while, but with wanting to have more strategy, sitting down, batch creating, taking a half day and making content for a month, three months, whatever feels empowering to me of, I can do this. I can bring value and it only has to take me an afternoon that's really enticing to me. Yeah. I, in theory, love the idea of batch creation. I feel like I'm really good at it for, cause I usually, whenever I was batch creating, I would batch create for like one to two weeks at a time because I feel like I was constantly inspired by new things. And was like, what if I wanted to like inject something into this curated feed that I already put together, which was my own issue to deal with. <laughs> I love it because it saves time. As we talked about in last week's episode with organization, having to think about what you're going to post on Instagram every single day probably disrupts or on social media every single day probably disrupts your workflow. And so if you are wanting to show up more consistently on social media, you want to have more of a plan and a strategy, batch creation is definitely the way to do it. Totally. Maybe I'll report back in the future how batch creating is going for me. I love that. The last tip that I really have around social media, which is something that I did Q3 of 2021, maybe is separating out personal and business. So I already alluded to it. I had one Instagram where I had every single cookie jar my hand was in that was, it was being posted to just my name at Morgan Sinclair. And I was like, I'm talking to so many different audiences here. What am I even doing? It was a hard thing to separate out because I feel like I had spent so much time growing my following, which I know followers on everything aren't everything, but I had spent so much time growing my following on my personal one that I was like, oh, I have to start over again with all of these with, I now have an account for the eating expedition. I have an account for the weight inclusive business Academy. We now have an account for the weight inclusive innovators, but whenever you separate out the numbers and start thinking of the impact 
or the intention behind why you're doing what you're doing, I think it makes it a lot more fun. And so I've now separated out my personal from my business. I think the next stage of that, which I don't know if I'll do or not. I was actually talking to a friend about it who is a dietitian and she recently went through the separation of personal and business because she feel she felt like she was following all of these different eating disorder dietitians on her personal one. And she goes, I can't go to my personal one to numb out or like not numb out, but be distracted when I need, when that is my coping skill. And so she's like, I created my business one, followed all the same people on that business one. And then got rid of all of them on my personal one. That way, if I'm inspired to do business things, I'll go to my business account. If I just need to like see what my friends are up to, it's all there for my personal one. So I don't know if I'll ever get to that point just because I feel like we have different relationships with social media, different intentions around it. But if that's something that you're falling into the trap of, of like, Hey, I just want to like scroll through Instagram or whatever platform for a few minutes at night, just to kind of decompress from the day and everything on your feed is business things. And you're like, fuck, I need to go work more because all these people are doing all these things. That might be something to look into. That's a really great point. I feel called out. Just kidding. So (laughs) my Instagram is Hannah RDN and it actually started as my personal, like uh, probably a decade ago now. And then it was when I went through, if you go listen to my business story, um, this bodybuilding phase. So I kind of got some followers from that and that was on Instagram. And then I changed it to my eating disorder clinician accounts And it's been kind of there for the last several years. And so it is just interesting to think about all the different kinds of people who are following me. And now that we're doing this project with the podcast and I'm working on separating, separating out my business offerings at values driven group into its own Instagram. I'm very curious to see how it feels to just be talking to different audiences. Cause I feel the confusion a lot. Like even when I share about the pod, which I'm so stoked about a lot of clients follow me and that's awesome. And my clients listen to the podcast sometimes, which is also cool, but it's maybe not the direct audience of business folks in our space. Um, people building group practices, things like that. So it does kind of impact consistency for people and the content that they expect. So it makes sense, even though there's grief of like, Oh man, I started this account and now it has zero followers. My, one of my favorite phrases, when you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. When you create a social media account that is specific to talking specifically to the people that could benefit from your offerings. Yes. It might take some time to build that up, but it also just means you're going to have even more of an impact to those specific people. Even if you're, even if you don't grow it very big, like you mentioned with like the group practice that might have a hundred followers, couple hundred followers. Like that doesn't mean that doesn't dictate their success. It's just another way for people to get comfortable with you and hear what you have to say. Absolutely. I think about separating out my group practice coaching and how I really can only take on 10 people at a time. That's me capped out max. I would rather have 30 followers on that account, 10 of them working with me one-on-one than an account with 5,000 people where nobody's working with me and it's just numbers, right? Yep. Absolutely. Any other tips that you have for social media? I just have one more, which is just my 
beliefs around social media in general is when you get on there, get on with intention. So if it's in the workday, it's part of your to do's to post on social media, really be intentional about not getting distracted, get that post up and then get back to work. And the reason I say that is it's so easy to refresh and see who's liked, who's commented, what the engagement is like. And knowing those numbers in the moment isn't going to make the numbers bigger, give you more sales or clients. It's just going to distract you from doing the things that's actually going to move your business forward. You did your post, get off of there. Incredible. Great tip. Thank you. Do you have different tools that you use when you are creating content for social media? And if so, what do you use? Yes. So because we both love Instagram, well, me love hate, but wanting to reclaim love, um, some of the main tools, and I know that you use these as well, are Canva, Planoly, and different branding things. So can you think of any others that people might use? I think there's probably a few other scheduling apps. Um, Unum, U-N-U-M is one that I used to use. I now use Planoly as well. I like aesthetic things. I like things to look pretty in a feed. I do that out of a source of creativity and not perfectionism. I've done a lot of reflection on that. And so planally, you can kind of just see how different things are laid out in your feed. And I just, I don't know, I think there's something nice and calming when you go to someone's page and everything just like looks really put together. I was like, you kind of almost like instantly trust them more. I do, (laughs) especially whenever you're creating graphics with words on them. I think it's different if there's pictures. There's, you know, there's influencers that do pictures or whatever, but I think whenever you're creating content that has words on it, using different colors from your brand, being able to lay that out nicely, just looks great. I'm trying to think of other tools to use. I think the only other thing that I would add on to this is if you're wanting, if you are going to be using pictures in your feed and you're wanting them to look consistent, I use Lightroom, the mobile app. And I purchased some presets that I really liked. Nothing too crazy, but just something to that I would put on every single picture that I would post on social media to give it all kind of the same vibe. That plays into branding, having that consistency with branding and having your pictures all look the same too is just a piece of that. You don't have to do anything crazy or drastic or altered, like super altered or anything like that. Like I'm not saying like, please don't do, go get like Facetune or whatever. But there are some really talented photographers who have presets that just enhance your pictures a little bit that make it tie into your brand even more. Absolutely. I feel like all the tools we use, people could use, it all comes together to create that consistency, that flow, people knowing what to expect. So We just talked about Planly. In case you don't know what it is, it is a scheduler for posts. It is a way to lay out your grid to be able to see how it's going to look. And any other things that you can do on Planly that we're missing? In the free version, no. I think that's it. Cool. I'm sure there's more if you pay for it. The next tool that I feel is a really big one for social media is Canva. Tell us about Canva. Love Canva. If you could make one 
lower cost investment in your business, my first recommendation would be Canva. It is $12.95 a month, I think, or $9.95 a month if you pay for the full year. It is a freaking game changer in creating graphics, marketing material, business cards, flyers, handouts, brochures, new patient forms, literally anything that you could do for your business, you can create in Canva with, or anything, any marketing material you can create for your business, you can create through Canva. You don't have to have a designer degree to do it. It is so simple. Drag and drop, like automatically lines things up for you. So intuitive to use. If you pay for it, you can also put in your brand kit, which means you can have your two to three fonts, your three to eight colors, put it in there. And those will be accessible to you anytime you create a new design. So you can keep that consistency there. Number one tip as a brand strategist and designer, incredible. 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10 would recommend Canva. We stand for Canva. You just made me think of a really good point that social media is marketing, but not all marketing is social media. And you're right. mm -hmm. Canva, you can just do so many things on there. It's been really cool to watch them grow their business, grow their website and the features on it. I remember I've probably been on Canva five ish years now. Mm -hmm. It is so much better than it used to be. And I don't have any complaints. It's very intuitive. All the features I could ask for, even the little nitty gritty details of like, I want to be able to select multiple things and move them all together at the same time. You can do that. I'm like, wow, this is so nice. And it feels really quick to be able to put stuff together. So yeah, that's my take on Canva. Love Canva. It's so good. Those are all the tools I can think of. Not even that I can think of. Those are just all the tools that I use. I'm sure there are many more out there. If someone, if, you, if you're listening to this and you use other tools that have been super helpful for uh, being on social media, please let us know. We'd love to share those as well with our listeners. Absolutely. So the question we probably get asked the most is, do we need to be on all platforms? No. No, 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 no. Please don't overwhelm yourself with social media. I think it's so easy to get caught in. If I create this thing for Instagram, I can then share it to TikTok, which then it's now a video, which means I can pull the audio and turn into a podcast. And like, there's just, there's so many ways where you're like, but I've already created this. So I could just like add on one more thing. If social media overwhelms you and, or you don't have help with social media, like if you don't have a social media manager who's doing things for you and it's like you trying to run a business and also navigate social media, pick one that fills your bucket. And if social media doesn't fill your bucket, don't pick any of them. I will also say it depends on what type of media you like to consume and the type of media that you like to create. So thinking through, do you like writing? If so, blogging, Instagram, Facebook, PDF templates, things like that would be a great one. If you like speaking, video platforms would be a great one. If you like speaking, but you don't want people to see you speaking, podcasting would be a great one. Different audio platforms would be a great one. So even just honing in on what brings you joy. 
I think that is probably at the end of the day, the most important thing, because it's not going to be sustainable or fun if you don't like it. So make sure you like it. And if you don't hire somebody to do your social media. Absolutely. Do what makes you happy. Don't let it get too overwhelming. As Hannah mentioned in the beginning, social media was created as a place to connect with others. Yes, it can impact your business. Yes, it can be a marketing tool, but you also have to look at at what expense are you doing it. That is all we've got with social media scratching the surface. We are so excited to dive into each of these platforms more in future episodes, but thank you so much for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review. We are giving away business coaching sessions at the end of the month, every month. So make sure you write your name and where we can find you so that you can get that business coaching session. We'll pick one winner every month and share with the business bestie. Check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. We'll see you next week.